Good morning, church. Good morning. 
Won't you stand? We're going to say a word of prayer before we get started with worship. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. And God, I thank you for every person that you've gotten here this morning, Lord. I just pray that you touch them today, Father. And as we start this time of worship, Lord, I just pray that we all just get in that spirit, Father, where we worship you and we seek you and we let you know how great and wonderful and marvelous you are. Just bless our time, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.
Welcome to New Promise Church this morning. Um, let's take a couple of minutes to greet one another and say hello.
right, well, hey, we're going to just continue here. If you're new here, welcome to New Promise Church. It really is good to have all of you here today. We have some things to announce. Um, first of all, before we get started, we have a very special um, veteran here today who has a birthday. And um, Dave, I don't want to embarrass you, but happy birthday to Dave Wood over there. Way to go, Dave. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Care to have a few words, Dave? <laughs> okay, also, oh, that's loud. Um, on Tuesday night, this coming Tuesday night at 6 o'clock, between 6 and 8, we're having a little uh, barbecue and um, archery, whatever you want to call it, shoot some bows and arrows over here at the pavilion, which I'm kind of excited about because... You know, God gives everybody skills and talents, but I'm no archer. So I'm kind of uh, excited about that. I think that, that'll be a lot of fun. Tuesday night at 6 o'clock, for all men, you're welcome to join us for some food and some bow and arrows. Um, as well, our Fusion Mission Trip group, ha they left this morning, um, and they're coming back, I think, a week from now. They're going to be in Knoxville, Tennessee, so keep them in your prayers, please. And... Uh, That'll be fun that, that everything goes well for them. And I think that's about it for the announcements. I'm new to doing this, but at any rate. So let's pray, and then we'll continue on. Dear Lord, thank you so much for bringing this gathering together here this morning, and thank you that you sent Jesus to live and dwell among us, to experience the things that we experience. You know, he, um, all the frustrations and temptations and all the things that we experience, somehow Jesus experienced them. And, and he came for a purpose. And thank you that you sent him and that he willingly went to the cross and died there for us. So we offer up the rest of this day, ask your blessings. And thank you also for, thank you, Father, for um, upholding life here in our nation in the last week. Thank you that we have um, a wonderful form of government that you have honored for so many years. And may we um, give you the glory for that, uh, for all good things that come from you. Um, and I just uh, ask your blessings on our country. Uh, watch over us, we pray. Thank you for this opportunity to bless you this morning. And uh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. stand and worship with us again, please.
Thank you for for your service. Yeah, it's nice to be back. And I please be seated. Um, I probably and and I mean this in all sincerity. I probably wouldn't be here today unless it was for your prayers. Um, it's been a long haul out of this. What I thought was a summer cold turned out to be a lot more than just a summer cold. And I'm long past. Um, being under quarantine so that's a good thing but I'm still going to keep my distance uh, just just uh, for an added measure of safety for all of you uh, but uh, wow anyway it's it's great to be back at any rate uh, before we get going today obviously there's just a lot a lot going on in the country uh, and um, you know a lot of news going on how do we respond to that as the church um, and I think we need to stand up and stop being a wallflower you know what I'm saying but yet we need to exercise uh, everything with grace and with love, the kind that Jesus uh, talks about. We'll dig into a little aspect of that today in red letter questions. Uh, but um, yeah, in terms of, of, of what's going on, the world wants us to light our candle and put it under a basket, the basket being right here in the church. And the, the minute we leave the church, leave everything behind and don't show it in the world. Well, that's not what Jesus taught. Uh, that's not what Jesus told us to do. Jesus told us to light the candle and to put it up on the lampstand so that everyone can see the light. And again, we have to do that with love and with grace. 
you don't want to blast somebody with a million power candle power light into their eyes but you do want to uh, bring your light to the world so you know I think what we're experiencing and seeing in the world right now in particular this country uh, is just the beginning uh, and the church needs to wake up and the church us we do and we need to stop being a wallflower and we need to get involved in every aspect of society and take back society so that we have a moral backbone in this country that uh, God can can come in and and bless this country and you know we we do God is not done with this country he's not done with this country yet and he's looking for men and women of the church to stand up and to be heard and to let your light shine and again I think things are going to get even crazier than they are right now and it's going to be our job to stand up and um, we're going to see some really amazing things happen I think in 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 the world in this country uh, but it's going to be up to us uh, to to let our light shine now last time I was here I mentioned that I was going to put a pastor's blog on my website, and I have done that. It's on andreburninger.com. It's up on the, one of the tabs. It's toward the, the right end, I think. It's called Pastor's Blog. Right now, there's nothing there. It just says, coming soon. <laughs> and believe me, uh, I would have um, been a lot more active uh, in putting stuff there, uh, but uh, obviously, uh, our primary concern in our family was to get healthy, which, uh, you know, we're slowly slowly uh, doing uh, also I encourage you to be selective with what you're watching in any kind of media I don't care if it's television I don't care if it's internet your phone your iPads 5G whatever be selective with what you're putting into your head I've made it easy I put another tab on andrebernier.com it's called Faith TV. You don't even need to look for programs. I've embedded those programs right in that page. And the most recent episodes of different programs are right there. You can just hit play. And uh, if you're going to watch something, watch something that's going to build you up, that's going to give you, that's going to embolden you in your faith. And I've tried to do that in Faith TV on andreburnier.com and uh, I hope it helps but really be selective with what you're ingesting in these days and I think it's very 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 important speaking of ingesting uh, th this uh, I this interesting uh, ailment which comes from another foreign country which shall remain nameless uh, has had you know it, it affects everybody a little differently and uh, fortunately my taste buds are fine but you know, nothing really looked good and uh, so you don't really eat a whole lot so you know it, that it that it affects you when skinny jeans look loose on you so <laughs> uh, 
So I'm on a new diet. It's the seafood diet. Many of you know it. You see it, you eat it. And uh, so fortunately, my appetite's fine. It's coming back. And I'm running on about uh, 7.8 cylinders out of 8. But I really should, should call it that uh, I'm running on uh, 15 and a half uh, cell batteries because I own a Tesla. So, so I guess I should do it in terms of batteries. But anyway, it is good to be back. Um, and we're going to continue with our Red Letter Questions series. Uh, we had a brief break, obviously, and I'm so grateful for the people that were here to, to pinch hit. Uh, Pastor Nick last week continued the series. Uh, and uh, we also had another guest minister who was pinch-hitting, too. So now everything is kind of pushed over a couple of weeks down the road. So we will continue red-letter questions into a lot of uh, month of July, Lord willing. Uh, and we'll uh, finish it up uh, with uh, whatever Pastor Nick has at the end of uh, July. I think that's about it, I, and I know I'm going to forget something uh, when I get into the message today, so I'll probably just have to remember to tell you at the end. I don't have any notes or anything, so I'll have to trust that uh, my computer, better known as the gray matter, will remember. Let's, um, before we actually pray, why don't we dig into the passage that we'll be studying today. Uh, and it's a message that I've entitled Log Jam, L-O-G, Log Jam, and you will see why in just a second. For those who would like to stand in honor of the word, you may. It's not uh, compulsory, but those of you who want to, to do so and uh, join me in the reading of the word, you may remain seated. If, if that is more comfortable, that's no problem. Uh, our passage today comes from Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. <clears throat> Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye, you hypocrite? First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, you may remain, or you may uh, be seated again. Let's pray. Father, help us to see what you have for us today with the questions that you asked. Give us your wisdom, not the world's wisdom. The world wants to give us its wisdom, but it's foolishness to you. We want to dig into your word in such a way that we understand what you're saying and that we have the wherewithal to be able to apply what we learn today in the world, that we may extend grace and love, but discernment, the kind that you talk about today. Help us now with uh, the questions that Jesus asked 
help us to understand what it is exactly that he's saying and what it is he's not saying because it will help us to navigate these interesting times in this world today. It's interesting that this subject comes up this week. That was no accident. That was something that you had planned. So we love you, Lord, and we ask now for your uh, understanding to open up our minds. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, is everybody ready? All right, let's dig in. Uh, according to psychology today, criticism is destructive to relationships when it is, when, it, when five things happen. When it's about personality or character rather than behavior. When it's filled with blame. When it's not focused on improvement when it's based only on one right way to do things or when it involves belittling. Again, I'll go through that list again. Criticism becomes destructive when it's about personality or character rather than behavior, when it's filled with blame, when it's not focused on improvement when it's based only on one right way to do things. How many can relate to that? Or belittling, be, be, belittling someone. Uh, interesting that in the fourth one, based only on the one right way to do things, you know, that's one of the things that I have to, to fight with. In the kitchen, for instance, I grew up in a very culinary family and that did things a certain way in the kitchen and we didn't have a dishwasher we actually washed dishes by hand in in a house that was built uh, back in the 1930s I want to say in New England a brick bungalow and they, my parents never installed a dishwasher but when I got a dishwasher I actually learned how to stack the dishes efficiently because I used to work in the high school cafeteria. And I used to get screamed at for not putting in the dishes in right and, and to, to not uh, do it in such a way as to maximize the space inside the dishwasher. It was one of those big things, you, you put it in and you close the door for 60 seconds and you lifted it up and poof, this big steam come out. And those plates were, and everything, the, the trays, the plates, the, dish, the uh, silverware, all hot. And you used to take the plates. <laughs> At any rate, there was a certain way to do it. And so I took that understanding and I did the same thing when I put the dishes in, in our dishwasher at home. Well, Sally has a different way of doing it. You know where that's going to go. And, of course, initially I'd say, well, you really ought to try it this way because, you know, you... And she would just look at me and go, like, really? And so I had to learn that my way was not really the only way. It was a way. And so we came to an understanding after getting into uh, a, wonder, a number of disagreements about a dishwasher. And uh, so then... 
I suddenly realized, okay, all right, when, when I do the dishes, I'm going to put the dishes in, and I might even rearrange it if, if I see it, you know, I can be done a little better. As long as you're okay with that, I don't care what you do with the dishwasher. When you're here, you can load it up the way you want and turn it on. And when I open it up and clean out the dishes from when you load it up, I'm not going to say anything. We came to an agreement that her way and my way are different ways, but my way is not the only way, and her way is not the only way. So it, it, you have to learn to, to be very, very careful with criticisms because criticisms can get you into trouble. Criticisms in close relationships, especially the ones at home, start out very low-key, like the dishwasher. Uh, in most cases, it escalates over time, forming a downward spiral of resentment. And the criticized person, well, they feel controlled. And that frustrates the critical partner who then steps up the criticism. You see the cycle that's going? It's a, just a really bad cycle that just goes, spirals completely out of control. It's a mad feedback spiral that increases the other's sense of being controlled, and so on. And so where does it stop? Of course, I mean, it can really get very ugly very quickly unless you recognize what's going on. Well, at no time in this downward spiral does an obvious fact occur to critical people. Criticism is an absolute utter fail failure at getting positive behavior change. In fact, it usually does the opposite, right? In fact, any short-term gain that you might get from that critique actually builds resentment down the line. That kind of criticism fails because it embodies two of the things that human beings hate the most. Number one, it calls for submission. And let's face it, we hate to submit. Now, submitting to God, that's another story. That's going to be in our best interest. But we hate to submit to other human beings when we think they're not right or when we think that they're being overly critical. And number two, it devalues. And who loves it when they get somebody who points to you and devalues you? Nobody. I don't like it. You don't like it. Nobody likes to be devalued. But that's the kind of negative critique that is and should be avoided. So is it any surprise that Jesus asks two rhetorical questions? Remember, when Jesus asks a question, it is never to ascertain information. Jesus is the Son of God. He asks questions so that we can answer them. He's trying to draw the best out of us by asking the right questions, many times the kind that are self-reflective. And if we do it correctly, Jesus draws a wonderful response out of us.
So Jesus here asks two rhetorical questions to help us navigate the often sensitive world of critique. But before we examine those two questions, it's probably a good idea to address the elephant in the room, and that is the most misquoted, misapplied passage of the New Testament in terms of the world, and by the way, the world, even though they might be unbelieving and don't receive the Bible as the inerrant word of God, guess what? The world knows the Bible in many cases. And they will frequently take something out of context and shove it right back at the church, at the unsuspecting church. Here is the most uh, misapplied, misquoted passage of the New Testament. And it comes from verse 1, today's passage in Matthew chapter 7. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. Now stop right there. They're often telling the church, hey, you're judgmental of, of this particular lifestyle. You're judgmental of someone for doing this in society. You, you shouldn't be doing that. The Bible tells you do not judge. Okay? We need to dig into that, all right? To dig into that, one of the best ways to do that is to look at the original Greek or Hebrew. Hebrew, the Old Testament. Greek, the New Testament. This is Matthew. So we look at the Greek word for judged. And there is the Greek word. It's pronounced krono. And as most of you know by now, I love taking those Greek words and expanding it because it really tells us a lot about a passage, much more so than just reading the translation in English. So, the Greek translation, chrono, means to try, to condemn, to punish, to avenge, condemn, damn, decree, or call into question. There's one other thing that I did not put in here which really captures the essence of the Greek word chrono, and that is to look down upon someone. Ouch. Did you catch that? To look down upon somebody. In other words, to elevate yourself much higher than you need to be, much higher than you should be. And you're looking at things from I'm better than you. Do it this way. That's what chrono means. And that was, and that's the word that's translated judged. Do not judge. Do not chrono. Don't look down on somebody. Don't elevate yourself higher than what you are. Or you too will be judged in the same way. It's a harsh and negative application. It does not mean that we shouldn't exercise. Now, hear me out here. This is important. It does not mean that we shouldn't exercise discernment. There's a big difference. The Greek words are totally different between the two. 
For instance, how else could we possibly avoid developing friendships with morally toxic people? The Bible tells us to do that. How do you do that? You have to have discernment. It's not looking down on someone, saying, I don't want to be like you. But you have to have discernment to make sure that the people in your inner circle are the kinds that are going to lift you up. Iron sharpeneth iron is another great passage. Who do you want to sharpen your, your implement with, your life journey with? You want to sharpen it against someone that is of like mind, that is going to lift you up in the Lord. So, how else do we approach fellow believers to correct them? Privately, motivated by love. We have to be careful with that. Is it motivated by love according to Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17? And it goes right back to verse 2 of today's reading. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Again, we're not talking about discernment motivated by love here, which is the kind we are supposed to exercise. When you use discernment motivated by love, what happens? The result is an application of something that the Bible is loaded with, and that is grace. Grace. When you exercise discernment motivated by love, love for others in all situations, not looking down on them, but you really want to lift them up, that is an application of grace. Question for you. Do you see any grace in the context of verse 2? Let's read it again. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Is there any grace in there? Not a whole lot, is there? That's not the kind of judgment we're supposed to have. So we're starting to see a parsing of this kind of judgment we're supposed to have. The one motivated by love, which results in the application of grace versus the one motivated by krino, the Greek word, to look down upon somebody. Big difference between the two. The warning is designed to remind uh, a needlessly critical person that things have a way of boomerang boomeranging back to them. That's what verse 2 is about. If someone ever dispenses grace in a specific situation, if someone rather never dispenses grace in a specific situation, why should that person ever be given the uh, same grace in the same situation back? Verse 2. We need to be careful how we dispense our judgment. Not chrono, but the kind of judgment which does so in love and grace. Now, if this sounds familiar, it's because Jesus stated that very thing a few verses down from the passage that we are studying when he said, do to others 
whatever you would like them to do to you. And that's from verse 12 of Matthew chapter 7. So that's a little further down from our passage from today. It's all interconnected, and it really should be read together. Okay. Are you ready to tackle the two questions now? We've set it up now. Now, this is going to be very, very important as we look at the two questions. And the two questions, you know, God has one of the greatest sense of humors anywhere. He invented humor. He uses humor as a device in the Bible countless times, Old Testament and New Testament. And here we have a sense of God's humor, a hyperbole, which sounds ridiculous, but it drives home a point. So let's look at the two questions today, verses 3 through 5. Jesus says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, take the plank out of your own eye first, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. It's obvious from the context of this uh, passage, 3 through 5, that the two questions here are not literal questions. It's a rhetorical hyperbole. That is a type of almost humorous figurative speech that adds emphasis to the question. Just think for a second. Somebody, wa me walking around, and I've got this huge, huge two by four that is eight feet long s sticking out of my eye. That's ridiculous. That, first of all, physically, that could never happen because there's too much weight. It would fall out of my eye. Thus, the hyperbole. It's meant to drive a point home. Take out of my own eye what's there first so that I can remove what? The plank in my brother's eye? No. So that I can remove uh, the, the, uh, the pencil out of my brother? No. The speck. It's one of the smallest things. How many here have had a little piece of dust fall in their eye and it bothers them to no end? And you can't find it. But your eye knows it's there. This is what the speck, this is the size that Jesus is talking about. How can you take that eye out of somebody's eye when you have a two-by-four hanging out of your own eye? Hyperbole, yes. But it's meant to drive home a point here. So often a critical person is actually the harshest on something on which they themselves have an issue. In fact, a recent psychology study said it, said it best. Overly critical people criticize others to validate their own insecurities and to reaffirm the negative perception they have of themselves and the world. Can I ask, ask you a, a question, a deep probing question? 
Does this describe you? Does this describe you? Think about it, uh, because I would venture a guess that absolutely everybody at this, in, in this gathering, at some point in their life, it may not be today, it may not have been this week, but at some point in their life, this is true for you. Well, Jesus has a twofold solution here. It's very simple. Number one, ignore the speck. Number one, ignore the speck. Not in your own eye, because your own eye is something else in it. Ignore what's in the other person's eye. Especially if you are going to use the kind of judgment that the Greek word chrono uses, the kind of judgment where you're looking down on somebody. <clears throat> looking down at somebody with a speck. Now, if you're eye to eyeball to eyeball and you're doing it in love, that's one thing. But when, when you're standing above, like you're, you're down here and you're standing above and you're pointing a finger, do it this way, do it that way, you're doing it wrong. You know what I'm talking about. That's, that's the kind of speck that you should be ignoring. Number two, and this is the priority, remove your plank. Because without that step first, you can no longer see the speck that is ailing your brother. Okay. Ignore the speck with the priority first of removing your own plank. But how? How do you do that? So I've got five things that hopefully will help you in that process of recognizing when you are in a place of chronel, looking down on someone, and Jesus says, no, 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 no. Yeah, th he doesn't say that that person doesn't have a speck. Did you notice that too? He doesn't say that. That person may very well have a speck in his eye. But he wants you to take the plank out of your own eye first. So how do we do that? Five things. All of the, these are listed in the Bible app. U version. You can download them and hit save. And if you, if you like the kind of person, if you're the kind of person, rather, that likes to take notes, I encourage you to write these five points down. Look them over and see if that's something that you can apply, maybe even to a situation that you encountered this week or this month or this year, that you can, you can go back and remove the planks so that you can, with love and grace, an application of grace, lift your brother or sister up into a place where iron sharpens iron again. Number one, be quick to offer grace. We, we talked about the iron sharpened iron. That's the kind of thing that is done in love. It is done in grace. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2 says, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. 
for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. I don't know about you, but when someone judges me or tries to assist me, I want it to be done in love and grace. You recognize that. You'll also recognize the fact when somebody is standing above you, pointing down, and giving you the kind of judgment that the Greek word chrono talks about. One other place in the Bible that talks about being quick to offer grace is in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. The application of grace. That's not turning a blind eye to something that needs to be addressed, but this tells you how to do it. You do it with kindness, with compassion, with forgiveness, with grace, the same grace that God gave each and every single one of us when we received him as Savior that wiped out our sin. I don't want my sin, even the ones that I committed this week, to be counted against me. We all sin because we live in this physical body. It's, it's a daily struggle. So I want grace. And because I want grace, guess how God expects me to then operate when trying to lift a brother or a sister up? With grace. That's not to avoid it. We're not to avoid confrontation, but we are to do it with kindness, with compassion, and with grace. Number two, pray for the other person, always. Pray for the others, always. Even those who, when you might try to assist in love, might have a negative reaction. Let's face it, you're, you're not responsible for the reaction. You can apply grace and kindness and compassion and trying to lift somebody out of a situation and they, will, they may resent it, they may not, but they may resent it. So you pray for others. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 says, pray for those who persecute you. They may persecute you, pray for them. Number three, focus on your own journey as a way to help others in theirs. Focus on your own journey as a way to help others on theirs. We see that in Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 5, when Jesus says, remove the plank out of your own eye before you address the speck in your brother's so that you can see clearly and you can apply kindness, compassion, grace in the situation. One more place that has some good advice is Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly Help that person back onto the right path. This is the New Living Translation. 
And be careful not to fall into the same temptation as yourself. You know, th that is a temptation. You've got to be careful when you're trying to help somebody get out of a, a situation, but you do it gently and humbly, but as gently, as humbly as you do it, when you get close to somebody who's going through a certain type of temptation, there is a chance that you will be tempted by the same thing. Uh, verse 2 says, Share each other's burdens, and in this way obey the law of Christ. <clears throat> I think I said, uh, did I say five things? I, I must have meant four. I'm sorry, four things. And the last thing is, this validates your own testimony. What do I mean by that? For that, we go to Luke chapter 8, uh, verses 7, all the way to 39, but I'm only going to give you a short part of that. So Jesus returned to the boat and left, crossing back to the other side of the lake. The man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him home, saying... No, go back to your family and tell them everything that God has done for you. So, what, what did the guy do? The guy who was healed uh, and, and released from the demons. He went through all the town proclaiming the great things Jesus has done for him. We all have a story. We all have a testimony of something that was in our eye that maybe a brother or a sister or maybe by reading God's word we were convicted of and hopefully you're released from that whatever that might be well guess what that's a testimony and the guy wanted to follow then Jesus but in this particular case Jesus had a bigger assignment for him because he knew that he would have a bigger impact on the world around him if that person who was released from the demons would simply go and show up and show everyone what God had done for him. Because this guy was, it was literally crazy. Everybody knew this guy was just crazy. And he walks in, into the town then and perfectly sane and normal and praising God, that would get my attention. That got the world's attention, and Jesus knew that it would get the world's attention. So, once again, how do you do that? Number one, be quick to offer grace. Number two, pray for others always. Number three, focus on your own journey as a way to help others, and then validate your own testimony by sharing it everywhere you go. That's how we can help each other. Don't look down on someone. Rather, focus on what God has done for you and gently and humbly, with grace and compassion, lift up those around us. We, we can't do that to the whole world. Most of us don't have a platform to preach to the whole world. But I'll tell you where you do have influence all of the people around you that are closest to you. You have an influence, and you can pull them up. Jesus wants us to pull each other up, for us to pull each other up the way that he did with 
humility, with compassion, with love, that's an application of the big G word, grace. With grace. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thanks for this day. Thank you for your word. We thank you for the way it encourages us and it teaches us and it tells us just, just exactly how to navigate this crazy, crazy world. Uh, thank you for reminding us that we are not to put ourselves up on a pedestal and look down on people for their choices, but rather to be careful to make sure that we have the plank removed in our own eyes so that when we do talk to our brother or sister and we do it with humility and compassion and love, they will see first and foremost that humility, that compassion, and that love because that is what is going to drive grace to the point where they would want to receive what we have for them because it is done with great love. Thank you for the love you showed us. Thank you for showing us how to do that when Jesus went to the cross, when he received our death penalty and redeemed us from the grave. We thank you now. Help us to apply this, uh, this, this week in all situation. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you got something out of that today. We'll continue with the series uh, a couple more before we uh, put this to bed, but I think we're going to be probably in the series in, in most, if not all, of July. Um, hope you're enjoying it. All right, uh, there are things going on at New Promise Church. Please have a look at your screen as we see what's happening. Do you have a pile of clothes in your home that are in need of a new owner? Throw them in the wash, and if you have time to sort them, that would be super helpful. And bring them back to church with you the next time you come. Donations will be received in the children's ministry area. On July 22nd and July 23rd, come back for a free shopping experience. And now for your NPC Missions Moment of the Week. Lake County Jail Ministry offers hope to incarcerated men and women and their families and to those who have been recently released from jail. Inside the bars, they bring the Word of God to inmates through Sunday church services and one-on-one -on -one visits. Outside the bars, trained volunteers connect with former inmates, their families, or people who are navigating the criminal justice system. Mark your calendars for July 24th. We will be having a car show, food truck, and fun event from 1 to 4 p.m. You won't want to miss it. If you will be attending any car shows between now and then, would you consider picking up some flyers and sharing them with the car owners? Mark your calendars for our church picnic August 14th after the service. We have set up a table in the lobby by the office with cards and a list of people who have been unable to attend New Promise Church for a while. Stop by and write a note to someone you missed, and we will mail it for you. Men, come and join us for free food and fellowship Tuesday evening, June 28th from 6 to 8 p.m. Enjoy burgers and hot dogs and show off your archery skills. Please sign up at the welcome desk by Sunday, June 26th. Don't go away. Don't go away. Everybody remain seated. Uh, we've got something coming up here in just a second. 
and the lights are coming on so that you know that the voice is actually coming from a person. There we go. Uh, just FYI, I'm, I'm like eight days way beyond quarantine. However, just as a matter of, of safety, not only for you, but for me too, uh, I'm not going to mingle like I normally do, I, and as part of the, the service that I enjoy, but I'm going to be absent. I'm going to be uh, leaving right after the service. Just FYI, but I encourage you to enjoy fellowship with each other, and I will return to the body next, uh, next week. Something special is going on, and with that, uh, Elder Bill is, has a special announcement. As many of you know, uh, Ron and Tra Pam Trebek will be leaving our fellowship, heading for uh, Charleston, South Carolina. So Ron and Pam, would you come up? And all the elders and uh, all of the other elders that served with Ron over the years on the elder board, would you come up also? And then uh, I'd also like to invite, invite the uh, prayer team, our prayer ministries. Uh, we want to send them off with prayer trust in God's wisdom for their lives. Many of you know Ron and Pam because of Upwards Basketball. They're, they are the face of Upwards here at New Promise. In fact, as I understand, you guys met at New Promise, is that correct? Yeah, amen. Ron spent uh, some of his history, he was uh, in the military for, five, for eight years, and then uh, since then he's been a manager at a large uh, plumbing uh, repair company here locally. Pam, as I understand, 41 years, is that about right at Stay Fast? Right out of junior high school, did you start working there or something like that? High school, okay. So they have a lot of history here in this area with us. And as I mentioned, Ron has taken a new job in Charleston, South Carolina, and um, we want to send them off and pray that the Lord will direct their paths there to the right fellowship where they can uh, be blessed and where they can use their many talents to bless the people there. You know, it, as they worked here with Upwards Basketball, I believe it was 12 years, is that about right? Maybe more? Yeah. What, what a team. Uh, you know, it, 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 I always was so amazed watching Pam. She was always quiet behind the scenes, it seems like. She was the uh, she was the stronghold, the brains of the operation. Yeah, <laughs> kept this thing really moving. Great. Uh, after church, we have a cake in the back. Please minister to them, visiting to them, talking to them. And um, they oh, the other thing they did here for us was our video ministries. That's the other thing I forgot. And uh, that's going to be a big hole in our in our ministries here. So maybe the Lord would move somebody here to get involved in video ministries. That's keeping everything on these screens in proper order. And also, Upwards Basketball, guys, we're looking for somebody to fill Ron's shoes there. We'd love to keep the program going here at New Promise. So would you all just join around them and lay hands on them and let's pray for them as you feel led.
we just thank you and we praise you. <clears throat> and our prayer is that you will put your words in our mouth right now as we pray, that you will pour blessing out on Pam and on Ron, and that you will just guide them and lead them, that you will surround them, Lord, with your protection, and that you will cover them with the blood of Jesus, protect them as they go. Lord, your word says, if any man seeks wisdom, let him ask of the Lord. So we are praying the words from James and asking your wisdom for them as they go. Bless them and anoint them for the ministry you have for them in the days to come. Guide them and lead them safely to their new home. Bless um, Ron and his business adventure. Bless Pam, Lord. Bless their family that will be back here that you will protect them and, and guide them, Lord. We just thank you and praise you for the blessing that they have been in our lives, Lord. I remember them in, in Bible study in small groups and all of the, the blessings that ha they have been to so many people in this church, and we are going to miss them very much. But we know, Lord, that in you we're going to see them again. So we just thank you and praise you. We love you, Lord. Thank you for them. Yes, our Father, we just again do thank you, Lord. Only uh, eternity uh, will tell, Lord, what has happened here to the hearts of many children, the hearts of their parents, the hearts of their brothers and sisters, the hearts of the grandparents who came here on Saturdays, Lord, where there was four or five, six hundred people here, Lord, hearing your testimony of love. And so, Lord, we uh, just want to pray for all those people who are exposed uh, to the gospel, to your loving grace, uh, to your mercy. Father, we pray that your word would not return to you void as you say so in your word. And, Father, we pray that they would just be drawn into your kingdom, Lord, uh, the, from the seeds that were planted here. Thank you, Lord, for our two seed planters. And we ask just that you go before them now, Lord. I pray for uh, John and Jackson also, Lord. And that you uh, go before the family, Lord. That you uh, prepare the path for them. May that path be straight. May it be smooth. Uh, bless uh, Ron with wisdom on that new job. And uh, just help him to be a, a real help to that company, Lord, uh, uh, down south there in South Carolina. Thank you again, Lord, for them. We love them. Just uh, worship you, Lord, through their lives. In thy name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thanks. In the atrium, so uh, please make sure that you stop in and wish them well, and, and let them let them know how much they're going to be missed. Mention the prayer teams will be in the. Oh, and uh, our prayer teams is something that we've uh, started a couple of weeks ago. They're in the back, and if you would like to agree with someone in prayer about anything, please uh, seek them out on the way out. Uh, they would be very happy to uh, to join with you. 
Have a great Sunday. I'll see you next week.